Hey, I'm Taz. I'm Caroline. Welcome to the Life Resume. Hey, Caroline. Hey, Taz. How's it going? Good, good. Can't complain. Here we are. We have our first episode. What? Hard to believe. Like, it's a little bit surreal right now. I don't know how you're feeling, but it's like I'm both so excited and want to puke at the same time. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's exciting, nervous, kind of a bit of everything. Um, kind of crazy. Something that we talked about as like a kind of dream during quarantine. Like, here we are. Um, we have our first episode. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but I think, you know, you described it well, we're dreamers, but we're also ambitious. And I think that's been the perfect combination to, uh, before the end of the beloved 2020, <laughs> let's come out with something positive. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really excited about this topic. I think it's, um, I don't, I don't know that it's going to be for everyone, but I think that it's something that I've been really um, passionate about. I think just being able to talk to people who have so many different facets to them and so many different um, things that they're into and just so many different sides. Like It's just it's something that I've always really enjoyed and just always really have enjoyed talking to people, meeting people. And so I'm really excited to be able to like have a podcast and share some of those stories with everyone. Totally. And I have to admit, it's kind of selfish that I want to do this podcast with you because (laughs) you're so good at like meeting people and getting to know them just so beyond just surface level. And so I love that we're able to share that with an audience who wants to join us for the ride. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Um, we're rookies, we're novices. This is our first podcast. Um, there's definitely going to be imperfections. And I think it's probably safe to say that we're both recovering perfectionists. So um, having absolutely imper- <laughs> so having imperfections is definitely a practice for us as well. Um, but we're, we're learning as we go. This is definitely a new thing. It's, there's a huge learning curve, but We're on this ride and we're just going to see where it takes us. Yeah, absolutely. And we're excited, excited to see what comes out of this. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of learning, a lot of really great stories, and I can't wait to just dive in. So should we get into the first episode? Yes. Let's do this. (laughs) Okay, let's go. All right. So our first podcast Taz, who, who's our first guest? Ah, I'm so excited to introduce Jessica McNaughton. Uh, so Jessica is going to talk to us today about the pivot. So pivoting from a comfortable C-suite job to starting her own tech company, starting her own business. And so we're just going to talk about that journey. And um, Jessica is a passionate mama she is a sister and a daughter. She's a risk taker. She's restless, an energy chaser. She's an entrepreneur and a former member of the C-Suite Club. I'm pretty sure that you're going to love this conversation. So let's get started. Hey, Jess, thanks for being our first. 
Awesome. So, uh, Jessica, I'm really excited to just uh, dive into this. And I'd love to just start off by knowing if you were to write your life resume instead of a career resume, what would you include? And that was a hard question because I spent my whole a lot of my career really anchored in on the things I shouldn't have, like a title or an organization. And um, what a great exercise to ask people to do. You know, I think uh, reflecting on the question, I thought of things like, you know, when I climbed Rendell Mountain or um, honestly, some hard times, like when my niece passed away and some of the things I did for my sister where I was really there for her family, I believe. Um, When I sat in kind of fear and went ahead and did it anyhow, Right now, definitely, when I've taken an idea and created something out of it, none of the things that came to mind were organizations or titles. It was experiences, it was feelings, it was a lot of I felt the fear and I did it anyhow. Um, I didn't listen to what other people were saying, the naysayers, and I, I chased a dream. Um, yeah, and, and the times when I had meaningful connection with other people. I love that. It sounds like uh, connection and even experiences is really sort of a passion for you or, or maybe a value. I don't know if, if you've done a lot of work in your values, but it sounds like that's something that is pretty meaningful for you. Yeah, I think both experience, like I think we are here to try different stuff, to roll the dice and, and go to the next, you know, peg on the board. That's, that's what it's all about. And so a being able to just feel like you're doing something you haven't done before is um, my, my whole career. I've had a good career, but I've always chased energy more than I've chased title or salary. It's have I felt, have I got positive energy from it? And have I felt like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing while I do it? Um, and that a large part is doing things that are different, that are new to me and also connecting with people, but connecting in a meaningful enough way that I'm leaving the world and the people I connect with in a better place than I found them. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. So what are the things that bring you energy that, that are in your life like right now? Right now, I mean, I, so I've gone out on my own last year and kind of, I, I say my midlife crisis was uh, deciding to start a tech startup after, you know, 20 some years having a really good uh, corporate experience and being a C-suite executive saying, forget it all. I want to build something for myself. And so that's what's giving me energy. Partially what gives me energy is that I've got a concept my whole life. I'm like, if I just had that one thing I knew I wanted to dive into, I know I'd be able to do it well. And I finally have that one thing. Um, But actually what brings me even more energy than that is that people are coming with me. Um, So I'm able to talk to people I'm looking at hiring or even I had early on some people volunteer to join my uh, force here and to be able to articulate the vision and, you know, take this thing I've imagined and and speak to being able to create something out of it um, and having people believe in it and follow along with me and invest in me and my idea. That's where the energy has been for me the last two years at least. That's amazing. That's, um, that probably is very exhilarating too, <laughs> like a lot of ups and downs, but very exhilarating. Yeah, there's a lot of downs too, for sure. There's a lot of safety in um, knowing what my title was and the organization I worked at and a car allowance and an underground parking spot. That's very comfortable, you know? Um, but I'm not here to be comfortable. 
And I have to remind myself that when I'm uncomfortable, that that's just, that's part of the journey. If I'm uncomfortable, I'm probably not doing something that I've done a hundred times and that's a good thing. So there's so many things I want to ask like based on that. So one thing that I'd love to unpack a little bit is like, so you just kind of like mentioned about finding the one thing. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Like how did you always know what the one thing was? How did you find it? How did you move closer to it to get to where you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I asked so many people this exact question along my journey when I was like, I want to know what the thing is. And I don't, you know, I'm so envious of those people who from when they're born or when they're young are able to say, I want to be this. I have never been that person. Never, ever, ever. And so I, to be honest, had kind of not thrown the towel in because that's why I started chasing things that gave me energy. Um, was I'd kind of given up on the fact that I would get that one thing. However, I stumbled upon this. So uh, my company is called Memory Keeper and we're a digital time capsule that allows you to collaborate, protect, save, store, and design your story. And it came truthfully from just a couple life experiences in the last five years. I've lost both my parents and I lost a niece. And in those, there were pieces of them that were so important for me to be able to hang on to and that I, that had so much meaning to me. And so initially that was just kind of a side thing. It was something that I love the recording of my dad's laughter, or I, um, like I lost my mom while I was expecting my daughter. So some of the pieces of her that I have, like, um, letters and pictures and voice recordings. She wrote a letter to me and my daughter before she passed. And so some of those things are just so cherished. Um, and we also had an experience with my niece where a lot of her, her, her personality was on Vine and then Vine disappeared one day. And so it was just a, a combination of all of these things coming together um, and helping me realize there's no good way for us to protect, to tell and protect multidimensional stories like we live. And no one else was creating it, so I finally decided I would. That's incredible. So when you think of your identity and when you think about when you had the C-suite job, you had the undergrad parking spot, and now would you say that your identity has changed? How do you describe your identity? Yeah. You know, I think the core being, my values are the same. I think my identity I wouldn't say it's changed, but what I would say is I had a lot of like sweaters over top of it before, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm in this room, I have to wear this jewelry or these shoes or act this certain way or speak to this experience I had or this person these people know to give myself credibility. And I've kind of shed a lot of that. So I think I've gone from, I, I mean, it was always in there, um, but my ability to just be myself, be comfortable in it, and not feel like I have to find a way that pleases the other people in the room as much, I think is where the identity is shifted. Um, if So given what you've gone through and sort of shifting your identity, um, wh what would you say to someone who's trying to find either their one thing or their passion or um, trying to pivot? what would you recommend to them um, to be able to sort of pivot to something that they're, they're passionate about or called to do? 
Yeah. Um, I think, gosh, there's so many things because we're all such unique individuals. And so, you know, the path is so very different for all of us. But I, I sincerely think the first and most important step is being able to create enough space for yourself to, you know, just to sit in the silence and know yourself and know yourself well enough to know when you're in the right spot and when you're in the wrong spot and continue to listen to that every day. There's no, there's a quote and it's basically like no preacher, teacher, or, you know, parent or no one else knows these answers for you. But it, I do believe it's like, it's written in the code of our being. So being able to quiet the noise, recognize what the noise is, quiet it and sit in your own space long enough to know when you're in the right spot and when you're in the wrong spot and just trust your gut a little bit in that. Um, it's going to come really clearly for some people. And I think for others, it's going to be really, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of stops along the trail to get there. Uh, as far as advice though, um, the one thing I wouldn't do is let yourself off the hook. Uh, you are here for this. This is why you exist. This is why you're surrounded by the people that you're surrounded with. This is why you have the gifts you have. And so just don't let yourself off the hook. So if somebody came to you and said that they were thinking about leaving their job to pursue their passion, what would you say to them? Yeah, I, you know what? It's hard. And I get that. You have bills to pay. You probably have either yourself and or yourself and your children's future to save for. Um, do some test runs. Do a crawl, a walk, and then a run. So maybe don't just have the idea and quit. Start to play with it a little bit. Pursue it. Run a couple little experiments in your life to say, could I do something with this? Would people pay for it? Or would I be able to support myself? Or could I make a, a whole life out of this idea by running little tiny experiments one day at a time? So you don't have to jump you know, off the cliff into the deep end. Um, you just walk slowly into it and, and uh, make sure the energy still satisfies you and make sure that there's a, you know, a pace to be able to get to that dream. It doesn't have to all be in a day though. I'd love to know too, just uh, to get to know a little bit more about you. And I mean, you're a busy entrepreneur, you're a mom. Uh, I'm sure you've got lots of other things going on in your life. And especially, you know, during these crazy pandemic times, um, I think sometimes it's hard for people to be able to make that time to kind of slow down or listen to, you know, what's important. Um, do you have like, how do you sort of make the time for you to kind of keep that journey going for you? And especially with all, you know, being pulled different directions, um, how do you make it work? Yeah, um, I think a couple things, like just some really tactical things is I get up before anyone's up most days and try and go for a walk just in the silence. I'm like sleep lines on my face, walking around the corner sometimes in my block, hoping I don't see anyone. Like I go early, but get up. I'm not a huge television watcher. So, you know, making the time and space by recognizing what things don't bring a ton of value to me. Um, and also I think we get caught in this, oh, I'm so busy trap, but every single thing we're doing, you're the author of your day. And so if you're doing things that aren't adding value to you or the people you're trying to add value to, why are you doing them? And, and so a lot of people say, I just don't have time to create that silence. I think, I don't, I don't mean to disrespect anyone because I think it's different for every human being, but 
I think there are many people in that space that say that because it's scary. And <laughs> so it's so much easier to be busy and have to drop this off and run here and I book three meetings. And, but really to actually stop and say to yourself, like, what's the return on the investment of every minute I spend? And is there value in it? I love that. I know someone recently who took their um, social media apps off their phone. So they didn't completely like turn it off and go cold turkey, but they took them off their phone and found like an amazing amount of time every single day because they couldn't just be lying in bed either when you wake up or yeah. lying in bed when you go to bed. Mm -hmm. uh, like just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling into this vortex. And um, I thought that was a really nice balance. Like I'd never, I've heard of people, you know, saying like, that's it. I'm yeah. not on whatever. All, it all together. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but a, a nice balance of like, doesn't mean you can't be on it at all. And to yeah. me, what I think would happen if, if I, I haven't done that yet, but um, if I were to do that, I think then I'd have to be more intentional about exactly. when I go on it, right? So it sounds like you really have a lot of intention in what you pack into your day. Yeah, I, you know, I have this one thing, it says like she loved her life and it loved her back. I want to make the choices that make it work so that I am earning this life that loves me back. Oh, I love that. So what would you say that you would tell your younger self? Knowing what you know now, having been through what you've been through, what would you tell your younger self? Um, let your eyebrows stay thick. They're going to come back in and <laughs> for sure. And um, just trust it. Trust your gut. You know, um, early on, I had someone say, like, you're not going to be able to make, you're not going to be able to screw this up. And I often heard that and thought I, I'd take more chances because I had this false, and it really was probably false sense of security that I wasn't gonna be able to screw this up. Like it was gonna work out. And so to try. And I think hearing that a couple more times would have done me good. So when you get into those times when you feel like you're gonna screw this up, how do you get past that? What do you tell yourself to keep moving forward and get past it? Well, I like part of it is I screw up a lot, like get comfortable with it, you know, <laughs> because then it doesn't stop you. So I think partially there's that partially. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got enough years under my belt now that there's some confidence that I'm probably going to figure out a way to make it work. Um, but also who cares is like, I've said a lot in my head. Okay. What's the worst that happens? And I do this a lot. Like even still, I'm scared. Okay. What's the worst that happens? Okay. Does anyone die? You know, does, okay. So I look a little foolish. Don't care. Did I, did I hurt anyone? No. And you know, no one died. No one got hurt. Um, I maybe lost a little money or I lost a little time. Was it a good investment? So I think asking myself that question probably helped me stand up and try some things I normally wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I'd love to know too, what, what would be like, um, what is sort of your typical day? Cause you mentioned waking up early, especially the way that you set your day with intention. Um, what, what's a typical day for you? Well, right now there is no typical day. Fair enough. <laughs> that is Fair like, enough. You know, a bit of a struggle for me is I've had a lot of years where I had routine and I do enjoy some routine, um, getting up early and, you know, tackling work, but 
for me right now, work is a whole bunch of things I've never done before. So one day it might be doing my, um, some application for some grants. The next day it might be doing some financial projections. Um, a lot of it is figuring out just like, okay, what's the next thing that has to happen in order for this to continue to work? Um, and a lot of talking to other people who've been there, women are amazing with, uh, you know, I have a lot of uh, people I talk to who are just a couple steps ahead of me. I have a lot of people I talk to who are a couple steps behind and we're all kind of pulling each other along. Um, but yeah, like right now, I'm a year ago, I did not know what a tech stack was let alone, you know, what a tech debt was. And I didn't have two accounts on GitHub and all these things that I just didn't even know. I spend my day doing that. And that's what fuels me. And then outside of the work hours, what are some of the other things that, um, that kind of fills your day? I mean, I like being outside. I like cooking, uh, spending time with my people. Um, I, I, I get pretty excited about my work right now. So sometimes I want to work at eight at night just because I want to log on and try and test a couple new features we built or check in with uh, some clients or beta testers. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Really simple. I love, I love cooking. I love spending time with the people who are close to me. I'm a bit of an introvert. So I like uh, just being by myself too. It fuels me. So how do you recharge your batteries? Yeah, um, like my recharge is kicking everyone out of the house and listening to music really loud uh, or playing guitar. Uh, and so I, I love, love that. You can <laughs> kick them out. That's amazing. Which has been has proven, um, you know, a bit challenging during COVID because everyone's yeah. home. Um, but that's, you know, that's where I get my energy is just, I just refuel. Like I get energy from being around people. Um, I adore the people in my life, but being, having everyone out of the house, the music cranked really loud. And even if it's cleaning or cooking or playing guitar along with someone who can do it better than me. Yeah. Those are the things that kind of get my energy back up. So during these times of COVID, how would you say that you're taking care of yourself and making sure that you're keeping your energy up? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm generally a fairly restless individual who gets bored pretty easily. So um, early on, I, I spent a lot of time volunteering actually here in the community I live in with the local Chamber of Commerce, um, trying to just, we came up with a bunch of different initiatives to help businesses stay in business. We did like a, a gifting ding dong ditch day where everyone was buying gifts for everyone and passing it forward. And, um, and so, Giving uh, and helping is certainly one way I don't get bored. Like I, you know, keep trying to show up and um, and putting myself in situations I hadn't been in before. And um, trying not to turn to chocolate as the solution. <laughs> Real challenge during COVID as well. Chocolate the solution for everything. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. It could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I actually literally, I think it was yesterday, sent um, a meme to my personal trainer who I haven't seen in the gym like since COVID hit. And the meme is basically like pre-COVID body and during COVID body. And let's just say the belly is a lot bigger. And I told him, this is how I feel. <laughs> That's okay. 
we'll all be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I started out strong, actually. I started exercising and dieting and I, I, yeah, done really well. And then summer hit. For me, it's been all about the baking. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, my daughter's actually been enjoying baking. So I find we even have more than we can eat, which sounds crazy. But, um, but for me, it's, it's, uh, like a little bit like what you said, but just trying to make sure I get outside or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it, it sounds so easy, but sometimes it's so, uh, it's, it's not easy to just jam in a little bit to your day. Right. And, and that's why I love what you said about like sort of going about your day with intention and, mm-hmm. um, being just really clear about that. So yeah, you kind of inspired me to like rethink my mm-hmm. day a little bit. So Jessica, if people want to learn more about you, uh, where can they find you? Thanks for asking. Yeah, um, you can always find me on at MemoryKPR. It's the website is MemoryKPR.com. And our social handles for every social media you can imagine is at MemoryKPR. Um, as well as you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. First name Jessica, last name McNaughton. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's been such a pleasure. Yes, it was lovely.